Hello, and welcome to the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santiasteban, and I am your host today. And we're here with Catherine Troutman, and we're going to talk about resumes. She currently has the top resume book in the nation right now, perhaps in the world. Congrats, Catherine, and thank you for spending some time with us. There it is. Have to show you. <laughs> Tell us the backstory behind the book, how it got written, why and what, and kind of spill the beans a little bit on what's in there. Yeah, no problem. So the U.S. government is the number one employer in the United States, number one. And back in 1995, a long time ago, the government switched the application from a great big long form called the 171, 30 pages, unbelievable. And they changed it. They said, we need to accept a resume like the rest of the world. And I went, oh, really? So at that time, resumes were one page, 10 point type, picture on the right, I said, whoa, so, but the thing is, so I wrote the first book ever on federal resume writing in 1995. I mortgaged my house, had three kids. I said, somebody needs to write a book about how to convert the 171 to the federal resume format. And there were 1.7 million federal employees that needed to change from 171 to resume. Now that's a good market, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, it's an urgent market, something that's needed. Yeah, right. It yeah. was urgent. It was incredible. And I thought about it. I said to myself, somebody needs to write a book about how to write a federal resume. So I went to OPM, Office of Personnel Management, down on C Street. I walked in the door, this before security, went upstairs, met the guy in charge of the new USA Jobs application thing. His name was Dick Whitford. I said, are you going to write a book? about how to write this new federal resume for the federal government? He said, no, no, this is what we have. And he showed me an eight and a half by 11 little flyer, what to include in your resume. And that was it. He said, well, Catherine, write your book. I said, okay. <laughs> so I did. I wrote it. I wrote it. I thought to myself, I'm going to be famous one day. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. True. Well, you speak to something that I think comes up a lot on our show, and that is finding a need or seeing a need and then being willing to serve and give to that need. You really saw a hot problem, you know, an mm -hmm. urgent problem, and then we're willing to go out there and provide the solution for it. Exactly. I saw the need. 1.7 million people would need to write a federal resume, and there was literally nothing on instructions on how to do it. So writing a book on it, I mortgaged my house, 20000 or 30000 printed it, designed it all myself, all by myself, because no publisher would take it. It's brand new. So I did it. And then the next year, I did get a publisher. After I did it the first time, just publishing did it for me. And now the book is seventh edition, and it's doing really good, as you just said, number one resume book in America. And here's why it's so good. The private sector resume is averaged two pages. The federal resume is average five to seven pages long. Shocking. I know. The HR people in government want to see more content on the paper to show in writing the specialized experience that you have to do this job. And it's just hard to believe. Five pages is what we recommend. We don't recommend seven. It's too long. Five pages is a lot different than two pages. And you might be thinking, what is the difference what is the content that you could possibly put in your resume for five pages? And I'll tell you what, you need to put specific examples of your work that demonstrates your experience. You have to prove it on paper. 
and not one line, not eight words. I want five lines, a little paragraph that describes this project that you worked on, the problem that you solved, the people that you led, the training you created have to be on paper. And that's what takes up some space is telling these stories. Catherine, what do you think it is about the environment or the landscape of the government that puts more onus or more emphasis on the resume? And what is it about the government and their hiring practices or their mindset that makes that more advantageous for applicants? Well, it is not advantageous for the applicants. It is difficult. It is really difficult for the federal resume writer. And there's so much more to it besides a five-page resume. There's an assessment questionnaire that people have to answer questions about their skill level, and they have to upload documents about their veteran status or whatever hiring authority. Why do they do this? Why do they make it hard? Oh, I don't know. They've been doing it forever, making it hard. But you know what? Today, it's easier than it was in 2012. Back in 2012, they had things called KSAs, Knowledge, Skills, and Ability Narratives. People had to write a full page about five skills, ability to plan and coordinate, ability to communicate early and in writing. It was way worse. So USA Jobs is really good. The online place where you find the jobs, it's really good. You can type a keyword in there. You can type in there analyst, IT specialist, administrative specialist, public health advisor, visual information specialist. You can type in keywords, like I just said and the jobs will come up. And then you can select further your salary. So if you wanna make 90,000, you say 90,000. And then you can say, I wanna work in Washington, DC. You put your location in there and the jobs come up. So it, it does work, it's daunting. And that's why I've written these books and I train. I train inside of government agencies like Department of Army, Air Force, Sierra Army Depot, you can name it, FEMA. FAA, I teach current federal employees how to write a resume to get promoted, as well as people like you in private sector who might want to get a job in the government. I teach outside and inside all of it, everybody, everybody. Catherine, most of our listeners are business owners, and some of them are trying to build well, all of them in a business, they have their brand. And some of them have decided that a personal brand is something that they are going to be building. And a lot of times they're doing that through social media or networking or whatever it is. But I think that's what you're speaking to is this internal branding that you have to put, in your case, on a piece of paper. So how do you tell a story? How do you actually convey someone's value in what you're talking about in five pages? And I'm curious... What goes into that? That seems like you said a very tall task. And I'm curious how someone might begin to go about something like that. Tall task is right. I love that. It's so true. I found the niche. I found that people needed help with a federal resume. And I wrote the book on it. And then I found out that the veterans needed help to get a federal job. So I wrote another book for veterans to help them go from military to federal. So that's a market. And then I realized, oh, the spouses need help. They need help with finding a federal resume, too, and getting a government. And then I realized students needed to get help from going from college to federal resume writing. Then I realized executives needed help to write a senior executive package. There's another book. So I produce products with my name on it. They're all over Amazon. I got a Wikipedia. 
my name comes up a lot of times, podcasts and articles. I got a blog that's really, really good. And it's a niche market. It's really niche. But largest employer in America, gee whiz, you know, <laughs> my, my name is synonymous with it because of the books. The books, I mean, they cost a lot of money to produce. I spend lots, but it is my brand. And then the books become my curriculum. So I'm a government contractor, Resume Place is a contractor, and we bid for training for agencies on the GSA schedule. The books are the curriculum off the shelf. They love that, sitting right there. And we train, my daughter and I do a lot of training, Emily Troutman and I train virtual travel all around the world. Naples, Italy, I went to Misawa, Japan before the pandemic. So the books are the basis of the work the recommendations, the coaching. Then we go to training, government contracting, and it just keeps going. And you just keep working at it. I'm telling you, it just keeps, get a new idea, you have a market for it, produce something. Yeah. Catherine, when we get back from break here, I want to talk about some of the specifics on here because I think there's a ton of crossover to what needs to be included on these resumes and then what businesses or brands need to be sharing with their stakeholders. So we're going to get into that right when we get back from break. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media. And we are a podcast production company, but we like to think of ourselves as genius makers. Our motto is to bring out your genius. And so if you have a mission, a message, a passion, a purpose, something that you want to get out to the world, but you don't have the time or the tech skills to do it, we can help. Go to AmplifyMedia.com, that's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y Media.com, and you can find all the info, or you can check the show notes as well. Okay, Catherine, so talk to me a little bit more about this resume, because I think that, like you said, it's a tall task, so we're trying to do a lot in here, and you've obviously put in a lot of time and thought, and it seems to be applicable to a, a wide range of different markets. So what are the similarities that seem to be constant between all those different niches? And what do you make sure gets in on the resume, like no matter what? So if I talk to a person who is an IT specialist or a program analyst or a public health advisor or you, visual information specialist, every resume must include certain information that is surprising. Here it is. So you have to have your job title, the name of your company, street address, city, state, and zip, month and year to month and year, hours per week, supervisor's name, phone number, can they be contacted? Yes or no. That tiny little piece of information for each job for the last 10 years is critical. If you don't have it in the resume, you're thrown out. Basics. Now, if you go to USA Jobs and put your resume into the builder, you'll see those fields, but a lot of people don't look at the builder because, you know, they don't like builders. So they upload a resume and they miss all it. They don't put in month and year, they don't put in hours per week. Now, here's why month and year and hours per week is critical. It seems so simple, but here's why. So the vacancy announcements in USA Jobs have a section called requirements. And it says, you must show one year specialized experience equal to the next lower grade level or equal to this job in one, two, three, four. They write four or five sentences. So HR is looking for one year. That means 12 months, 40 hours a week, or they can add it up part-time. If they don't see one year of this work equal to their job, you're out. It's not hard. If you know, read the announcement. Every announcement sets. 
you must show one year specialized experience in one, two, three, four. So that's number one. Then you have to have your duties of what you do in your job. And in order to get best qualified, in order to get referred to a manager, you need to match your resume to the announcement like this mirror. So if the resume doesn't include words from the announcement, HR people review resumes sitting in a chair like me, like sitting here right now. The HR and government, they don't use AI to find keywords. Real people sit in chairs and read resumes. So they're looking for the words from the vacancy announcement and they want to match it. Now, people who come to me, I'm a federal resume coach. They'll send me a resume and an announcement. And let's say the word humanitarian is in the resume, is in the announcement 20 times, 20. I look at the resume, I don't see the word humanitarian one time. They're out. So I say, you know, if you got humanitarian experience, it's got to be on paper. Where is it? So those are the important things that you have to know. Compliance details, the duties have to match. And then the last thing is that you have to have examples of your performance. You have to have specific examples that tell the person that you have done something that's very valuable, meaningful to the company, to the mission, solve a problem, save some money, and be specific. And all the samples and all the books I just showed you have that format, just like that. Yeah, we do something similar with our online process. And all of our people are remote, and so everything is done online. But what we're looking for is the ability to follow the directions, the ability to do some of those almost basics, because if we can't check these basic boxes, how can we get to the higher level ones? And so I think you bring up a really great point to not take yourself out of the race before you even get started, right? That's right. If you don't have hours per week on the resume, you're out. You're gone right there. Simple. Yeah. What about from the other side? I'm curious from an employer's perspective, someone who's looking at these resumes, I have to imagine that you're still not able to see the whole story or there's got to be some skill to be able to pick the right resume. Because even if you have a good resume, are you picking the right person? And so for that person who's on the other side of it, do you have any insights into finding the right person amongst all the right resumes? Well, there's a screen out that I haven't mentioned. There's a, a screen out called the assessment questionnaire. That's number one. They give you 13 to 20 questions that are skill related next of the job. And you have to score yourself in the questionnaire. And you want to get at least 90 on the score. A lot of times agencies won't look at anybody under 90 and maybe 100. So all the HR people have this score on their screen and they've got to cut off. So they only look at the people who got 90. Okay, so there you go. We got a screen out right there. So they look at the 90 score people. And then what they do is that they look at the resume against the announcement. They're looking for one year specialized experience in this work. One, two, three, four. It's not that hard. Most of the time when people write their resumes, they don't do that. They don't show the one-year specialized as clear as a bell on page one or two. They just use one resume and apply to 20 jobs and it doesn't match. There has to be effort. And you know, that lesson of being of effort and matching is not just federal. It is private sector all the time because private sector is using AI and you have gotta match the words for AI. But federal, you have to match it too because the HR people are, you got an AI brain right there. Yeah. It's a great point about it transferring over to both the private sector as well. My last thing that I want to round out here is 
I'm fascinated by blind spots or being able to see around corners because you've helped, I can imagine, countless numbers of people. I know we've touched on a lot of stuff, but is there anything else that you would want someone to know before they're jumping into this journey? Well, you know, when I teach about resume writing and the agencies, one thing that we emphasize is the storytelling. We would like people to have three to five stories, examples of good work, of projects and achievements, awards, something that they've done that's outstanding, and write them on paper. And we use a format called the CCAR, the context of the story, the challenge, the actions, and the results. It's called CCAR. So if you have three to five accomplishments written in eight lines, then you're ready for the resume, you're ready for the interview. The interview for federal is straight out storytelling, straight out. Can you tell me about a time when you resolved a problem? What was the problem and how did you resolve it? And then you tell your problem solving story. So that's what you need to do is follow all the directions, read the announcement, compliance, but then you have to have your stories. A lot of people don't have stories. They don't. When I look at resumes as a coach, eight out of 10 people have no story. They have a whole lot of duties. This is what I do all day. It is not impressive. Yeah, that's absolutely a golden nugget right there is to have your stories ready because that's what's going to relate and resonate and connect with people at a really, really deep level. Catherine, where can people go and get connected or where can they get the books if they want to find out about those? Website is resume-place.com and you can find out about the books. You can read my blog. I'm teaching a webinar this Friday called Creating Your First Resume. And you can see about our consulting service, the one-hour consult that we do for people and writing. It's all there. Go there. Resume-place.com. My last question for you, Catherine, in your opinion, what is your secret to growing or scaling perhaps a business or career? The key is perseverance. You just keep at it. If you do something wrong, you change it, you fix it, you do it again. You just keep going. One of my books, the Military Spouse book, the government changed all the rules one day. I had to throw 3,000 books away. They were wrong. One day, boom, gone. So I threw them away and I updated my book. You just keep at it. I love it. Catherine, this has been so fantastic. I want to thank all of you for sticking with us and being here today and, and part of the How to Scale a Business Tribe. If you guys got any value out of today, we would love and appreciate a rating, a review, wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone who's in the midst of scaling their business, please send them this. Or if they're thinking about starting one, we'd love for you to share an episode with them. And then go out and implement and execute something from today's episode and find us on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, find myself at Hector underscore podcast and let us know how it goes. We want to hear about your successes. Thanks again for being with us. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all. Thank you.